Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Yo, what's up, dog? You going to Hollywood? Back to the dog again. Yeah, well, two shows in a row. Well, got to keep with the theme. There's a tem. The theme is you call me dog, and I continue to be confused by the whole situation. I'm calling you dog man. Dog man? (laughs) I'd much rather be called spoon man. (laughs) No, that's just crazy talk. Dog man is so much stronger than spoon man, it's not even funny. You know what my favorite song by that band is? In what band are we speaking of? The one you were just talking about Soundgarden yeah what's your favorite song by Soundgarden Black Hole Sun there you go you like that song it's okay it's a really good mix when I listen to that in headphones I'm gonna edit that other thing out by the way but when I listen to that in headphones it's really cool they got some cool stuff going on in the guitars don't like the band so much but well I've got that on here we can play it yeah let's play it really loud loud can we please yes okay cool I'm okay with that yeah, well, I know I'm okay with it sarcasm I saw them live sarcasm <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, give me a dollar or give me fifty cents. Yes, we're not playing King's X. King's X. That's King's like X. the biggest guitar sound ever recorded, and is I think it? Michael Wagner is responsible for it. Isn't I think he? He was their engineer. Wasn't on he on uh, Brady Bunch? Uh, he was. Who the what? I don't know. Michael Wagner sounds like a producer of the craziest thing happened to me a, like a week ago. Did I tell you this story about the horns in the backyard and the? I might have. I might have mentioned it to you, but I didn't say it on the show. Stalker. It's one a.m. A couple of uh, Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings ago, and she walked in. And I'm, I'm telling you, I just got done uh, reading a chapter of this book about Pompeii, actually, that I'm reading. Uh, the Roman city that was and just <laughs> covered by Vesuvius. And just when Vesuvius was about to blow its top, horns. No, I, I put the chapter down. We're still a day and a half away from Vesuvius blowing. And it's like 1 a.m. And I hear, hack, hack, out front. You know, I just turned out the Flock lights. of geese. I was sort of in the, the state of semi-sleep. And I'm thinking, it woke me up, and I'm thinking, oh, some asshole cab driver, you don't need to be honking your horn at 1 a.m. But then they kept honking it, honk, 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 honk. And I'm like, what the Christmas is going on out there? Then I'm watching them, and they pull down my driveway. They go to the end of my driveway, and they start honking about every other minute for about 25, 30 seconds. You know, so they'll wait a minute off, 20, 25 seconds on, minute off, 20, 25 seconds on. And I'm thinking, what the Christ are they doing? Are they out of their minds? I don't recognize the car. I can see them out of my bathroom window. So after like 10 minutes of this, I call 911. 
And what is your emergency? Well, you know, not really an emergency, but there's a crazy person honking their horn in my backyard for the last 10 minutes, and it's 1 freaking a.m. Okay, we'll send a unit down. And I explain to them, it's the driveway on the right side of the house. The car's in the back. You're not going to see Look for the it. person who's honking. You're not going to see it from the road because the car was – they tucked in behind the house a little. Roll your window down. Listen for the honking. So the cop car rolls by, and he's looking, and I'm on my uh, – in the hallway looking out my front door. And finally, it's clear that he's not going to go down the right driveway, which I gave explicit instructions to 911 to do. So finally, I go out on my porch in slippers, and the cop unrolls his window, and he goes, are you the guy who called this in? I said, yeah. He goes, where is it? I said, it's down the driveway. It's down there. So he pulls down the driveway, and he throws the little side light. Like when they pull you over, they throw every possible light there is on to blind you. And Did he do the little blip? Whoop. Something. I don't know. I didn't actually see. No, you know, know the little horn. You know, Not the horn. You know the siren every once in a while. They'll go. Yeah. No, I don't think he did squawk. that because it's 1 a.m. The point was we didn't want any more noise. But it's you needed 1 that. a.m. You needed that? No, no, I'm just saying you needed that. You needed that little squawk nah, to scare I, I the I didn't need anything. Pants. So, you know, so the cop rolls down the driveway, and then I got to run inside to the back of my house to get a vantage point to see what's going on. And I must have missed where he, the cop walked up to the door and said, can I see your license and registration, please? Because basically the lights were shining on this blonde woman in this car. And um, I didn't see the cop for like five minutes, so he must have been calling in or, you know, License and registration number to find out if she's homeless, out of jail, you know, whatever, insane, you know. And as it turns out, it was George Michael. Actually, it was George Bush. He's (laughs) looking for stuff to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So the cop finally, you know, returns her identification to her. And I can see it's a blondish woman, but that's all I can see. And um, Or it was David Coverdale. It was David Copperfield. No, I'm thinking blonde. Yeah. Tawny Katane. Julie Katane. (laughs) Julie, that's right. And- so the cop gives her back her identification, and they exchange a few words, which I can't hear. But then I hear the cop raising his voice. So the the person in the car must have gotten a little wise with him or something. And he starts yelling at her. And I'm like, oh, boy. The shots are going to be fired. Oh, boy. Well, no Why shots were fired. Why couldn't we all just get along? Thankfully, no shots were fired. But here's the even weird – the weirdest part. I figured anybody who would do this at 1 a.m. and behave so inappropriately has to be at the very least drunk. Apparently not drunk. Cop just let him drive away. And it was then when my landlord, who was also my cousin, walked out of his back door and talked to the policeman. And I figured, okay, I got to get in on this. So I put my the shoes on and I went outside and I was like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, no, I don't know. The cop didn't tell me who it was, you know, but they let him go away. As long as they don't come back, I'm okay. But, I mean, it, it was just weird. Who in their right mind would start? No resolution. Who would honk? Well, they were gone Other to than- me. Shooing them away. Yeah, that's resolution as long as they don't come back. But, I mean, who in their right mind would think it's okay? And the the, the other thing is my landlord, who is also my cousin, his aunt lives in one of the apartments in this building. And she's, you know, mid-80s. You know, and this woman was essentially parked right behind her bedroom at 1 a.m. honking her horn. I mean, you know – I don't think an 85-year-old woman needs this kind of excitement at 1 a.m. I mean, she could have a heart, a heart attack, God forbid, whatever. You know, nobody needs to have a horn honked by their, you know, bedroom at freaking 1 a.m. But anyway, it was just the weirdest thing. Well, you know, you couldn't go out there and kill her, right? I thought about it. But, you know, then I'm in the wrong. Suddenly, I, think, I don't have the moral high ground. I think maybe if you slip that cop a 20, 
<laughs> Maybe a sawbuck on top <laughs> so of the 20. What I actually briefly thought about doing was our neighbors are on the other side of a wooden fence. I thought it would be cool to kind of sneak in the yard and hurl like a brick and smash <laughs> like their back window because then they would be like, holy shit, what was that? I better get out of here. Landmines incoming, you know. And then it's someone having some weird flashback. Pulls out an AK-47 and toasts uh, I don't, you. I don't think they had a gun, but it would have been fun to smash their but, car Well, or that's something. the thing that, that's intriguing to me. Maybe the person wasn't drunk, but they were clearly delusional if they're back there I honking. think they were angry or something. There, there was something. Ooh, wrong house. <laughs> no, it was the right house. But there was something. How do you know it was the right house? Mm, I know a little more information than I'm willing to tell. I'll tell you off mic. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they. it wasn't random. It wasn't random. It was just weird. Okay. <laughs> you know. So, come on, tell me. No one's listening. Yeah. Well, you're probably right there. But oh, okay. I'm not going to say what I know. Well, I don't have anything other than, well, I'm just stunned. And I don't have any other stories. <laughs> he wrote the answer on a piece of paper in front of me. Yeah. It says, Kilroy was here. <laughs> yeah. That's what it says. Oh, well, I think we're going to go right into a tune because I'm I'm um, I'm shocked and stunned. <laughs> Why have you been avoiding Liverpool? We've not abo- been avoiding it. It's not so much as not coming here. I don't know. I screwed it up, but that's a line from the Ruddles. I didn't void Liverpool. Have you seen the Ruddles? I have not. Oh, you should see the Ruddles. We have this conversation at least once a month. Have you seen the Ruddles? Blu-ray. When it comes out on Blu-ray, buy it, bring it over, leave it here when you get done. Oh, you we'll know what I want to see on Blu-ray? I don't know. Man on Wire? <laughs> I'd love to see Man on Wire on Blu-ray. I've already seen it theatrically, so I've seen it in its highest resolution that you're going to see it in. But Blu-ray would no, be No, but good. seriously, you know what would be cool on Blu-ray? I don't know. Man on Wire? It would. <laughs> okay. You need to see it, dude. That movie is the bomb skiddly bomb, yo. It's the shiznit. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. I'm, let me play music to end this nonsense. For shizzle, manizzle. Check it out.
play. Who was that hack? That was a guy. I think we played him before, um, three times before, actually. Antoine Dufour. How do you spell that? Uh, A-N-T-O-I-N-E-D-U-F-O-U-R. Oh, it's Antoine Dufour. Yep. And what was that one called? That was called Wapis. What record is or, that on? Or maybe the French pronunciation is Wapis. What record is that on? Which one of his? Is that? Uh, uh, development. Development. Or maybe Development. <laughs> you may be right. That is strong. Yeah, good that stuff. That was what I needed to hear, actually. I was looking for something a little up-tempo, something to make me happy. Spoonman? No. And that was it. Uh, okay. Well, we got something better for you. Well, I got, we got to knock another Aussie down. <laughs> Okay. Now that we've we've caused another Aussie to fall to his death. I'm... And we've reduced our listenership by one half. <laughs> That's right. So now for you, the the one listener left, this is a personal showing for you. <laughs> we've got something special for you right what, in this what, segment. What's that? I don't know. What's it say on the board? I only follow the board. I'm a, um, I'm a robot. Well, you know, again, some of our listeners like it when we talk about films that we both have seen. And I finally rented The Batman Begins and Batman The Dark Knight yep. on Blu-ray. Welcome to the 90s. Yes. Cause I, I you mean, know, welcome, welcome to the 20th century. The mid, late 80s and mid 90s, early and mid 90s Batman movies directed by... Um, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, those didn't really work for me that Tim much. Burton. Burton. Yeah, I don't know Actually, if I've said this out loud before, but I'm not like a huge Burton fan. I think Edward Scissorhands is his best work. You know. Well, Tim Burton did. I think the first one and two of the those. He didn't direct them all. No, I and think then, he did. No, he didn't. I think he did. No, he didn't. I think he did. No, he didn't. I think he did. Do you remember the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Governor? I didn't see that one yet. That was Joel Schumacher. Oh, so he did the one with uh, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. They all sucked. Well, the one with Joel Schumacher sucked uh, to the ninth power. Wow. It was awful. We're in base nine. Oh, it was, it was just, ugh. I mean, you go see that movie and you just want to gouge your eyes out and never see I, movies again. I would rather see the original television show than the, the, those, that particular series of films. But then suddenly we were, we were in, what was it, 2004, we were given Batman Begins. Was it that long ago, 2004? Yeah, I think it was 04, 05. Yeah, they waited a few years before they came out with uh, The Dark Knight. That dark knigget. Yeah. Yeah. So but uh, so we have this new this new genre, this new um, telling of the Batman story. And, you know, I don't read comics, but as I understand it, the, the comics were, were told from a sort of a dark perspective themselves, which, you know, Burton tried to do. But I don't think Burton captured the dark as much as he captured the wannabe goth feel. You know, I mean. Well, Tim Burton's style is kind of like almost like a cartoonish goth. Yeah. And, and, and again, Edward Scissorhands, pretty much the only film of his that's worked for me but you know and that that was great you know because it, it was a fairy tale and you, it kind of I, I like fairy works tales with the cartoon goth yeah yeah and this this new series of films well i don't know you want me to start or do you want to start i, I mean i like well them. i've got a few things to say about them and i'll probably just jump in when you start just talking about it right but now. a, a lot right of now. people probably most everyone who's listening here has seen them because they've been out for a while did i mention i saw them on blu-ray yes you did oh cool and um have you seen them? On so Blu-ray? what do you? Th- I mean, you 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 saw the first ten minutes on Blu-ray. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see the whole thing, and I and I did say to you that watching them on Blu-ray is like watching almost a different movie. It's like a weird experience. You're seeing a different movie, <clears throat> but you know you've seen it before. Um, 
what was I going to say? You you had you had seen these, and not not many people have missed these. And you said that you're not really a big fan of comic books, right? Yeah. So I'm that makes a... you kind of like an odd audience member. So how do they hit you? How how do you feel about them? Well, just because I don't read comics doesn't mean I I can't appreciate. I mean the comic stories that whole. Well, I don't. <sighs> I don't read comics. I mean, I've, I've read like three comics in my entire life. But the fact that these started out as um, DC Comics superheroes is what you're not into. It's not relevant. No, I, superheroes appeal to me, but I just was not. I'm not you the like geek. The tights. I'm not women in tights. Yes, Batgirl, Yvonne Craig. <laughs> All right, bad topic. Bad tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I love superheroes. I mean, the idea of fantasy and everything appeals to me, but I'm not the sci-fi guy that ever read comics. I'm just I'm just not that guy. You know, I'm not the sci-fi guy who played video games either, you know. Um, I didn't feed quarters into machines wasting money, you know, when I was a, as a teenager. Well, I didn't either. I learned that uh, with the old pinball machines that had the metal buttons, if, if you rub your feet on the carpet fast enough and you zap them, you could actually get free games. I was never a pinball player either, but I'm sh- pretty sure that's not what you were rubbing when you were in front of the pinball machines. I heard some stories. I heard some. Oh, wake up there! I heard some stories. Look, Fred, listen, boy. ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball <laughs> from Soho down to Brighton. I must, must have, have played, played them all. All. <laughs> all right, so tell me, what did you think about the Dark Knight? Well, right, I well, th- let's talk about Batman. First of all, begin. I thought the guy that they got to portray Batman is strong. What's his name? Bob Smith. Ten seconds, Bob. <laughs> you can't remember his name. No. I'm not Christian Bale. There Christian you go. Bale. He's strong. You know, I, I didn't buy Michael – who was the first Batman? Michael uh, – Douglas. <laughs> Kirk Douglas. Now, Kirk Douglas I would have bought as Batman, but – Robin! Michael, uh, Michael Keaton, not exactly strong. Val Kilmer, a little better choice. Clooney, stronger than Keaton, but not as strong as, as Kilmer. I thought Kilmer was the strongest of all the – of all the uh, the mid mid nineties, I early think Clooney 90s. could have been a better Batman. Clooney could have been a better Doctor. Could have been a contender. But I think Christian Bale is is believable. And what I like about this story is that they do a better job of explaining, you know, why is Batman a good fighter? Right? Well, where do these magical bat belt devices come from? I mean, instead where does of he get all those, yeah, instead of toys, Jack Nicholson just going, where does he get all those wonderful toys? You know, yeah. that's my best Nicholson, by the way. Uh, by the way, I just saw a Nicholson film called The Bucket List the other day. So saw it. Um, yeah, a little predictable. You know, Bucketish, not super, not super strong. But yeah, so they went out of their way to explain, like for example, that you know uh, Bruce Wayne owns a company that does military contracting, and there's a lot of weapons that were prototypes and devices that were prototypes that the government never ordered. You know, they never bought them, so the prototypes are still in the vault, as it were. Right. And they so they sort of explained, you know, to some degree where these things come from. They explained his fighting ability from sort of studying ninjutsu, 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 whatever it's called, in, in China, ironically, you know, I don't know. I think it was he China. He was anyway. all over the place. It was like in the Himalayas or something. Yeah. He went to Tibet to learn To ninjutsu. learn a Chinese <laughs> or a Japanese, uh, a Japanese martial arts form. Well, Go figure. Well, and think- then they had a Japanese guy, Ken, Ken Watanabe, playing the Chinese Chinese guy with the Fu Manchu. I'm, I'm just confused. Well, I think that. And then they, they got Schindler in there. He was making this list, checking it twice. Yeah, gonna find out who's Jewish and, and nice. Not. I don't know. Well, he, what he did was they, they they explained that he just he left. He wanted to drop out of society. Yeah, he uh, wanted to disappear. And he was going all throughout Asia. So I think it's. I don't think that they had to explain that he went to Japan 
and then he went to Southeast Asia and he just he went all over the place and they they catch up with him when he's in a Chinese prison. Schindler does. Schindler. That new up. movie with him looks pretty good. Yeah. The one where his daughter, daughter gets, gets kidnapped. kidnapped. Yep. Yeah, that looks strong. So, uh, yeah, I understand that you you like the uh you know, that they explain things more. It's put more in a believable kind of world, even well, though yeah, there's still it, some fantasy It's a superhero it. thing, and I guess superheroes should be granted, you know, they're granted authority to be able to do things you can't explain. Superman can fly, you know, Aquaman can swim underwater forever and summon fish, you know. So he they all have superpowers. But Batman is really, he has no superpowers. He's just a person who's a gifted fighter and has a lot of cool He's gadgets. He's a super bank account. He's got a very super bank account and a, not so much semi-cute girlfriend anymore. But um, well, I'm a little toasted. I wonder if they're going to do a, a Robin. I mean, are we going to get a Robin in the third film? Because they're I certainly going to do a sequel. I hope uh, not. They should do a Batgirl, though. <laughs> Okay. That's what I'm telling you. Nasty, I'm dangerous all, tangent here. I'm all about here. the Batgirl. Pause that. <laughs> no, it's it. I don't think that they should ever do a Robin in this universe, ever. Because that's the whole point of Batman. He's a loner. He doesn't need the sidekick. Because then he's going to come with a whole list of like holy this and holy donut hole and <laughs> all which these. I have here. Find the list quick. Come up with a good one. Now, I'm, I think that the the whole Robin concept was it was kind of like Oliver in in uh, on the Brady Bunch, you know, bring in the cousin bring in Oliver. the to bring save in the, the, uh... the cousin Oliver and Tiger and save the show. You don't have a good one, do you? I'm looking. Keep talking. I don't have anything more to say. I I really 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 enjoyed Batman Begins, and in fact, I've seen it probably three times now. I've only seen it the once. Yeah. Still and, looking. And and then you also saw the most recent telling, which is the sequel to it. Yeah, with the dead guy. The Dark Knight. Yeah, The Dark Knight with um, Kiefer Sutherland as... Uh, Kiefer Sutherland? <laughs> the Joker. No. Donald Sutherland? Heath You're, Ledger. Heath Ledger. There you go. Holy happenstance, Batman. So what did you think of that? Um, Again, a good strong film. Which one did you like better? Mm, I'm not sure. I, I, I thought they were. I thought they both stood. Um, they, for me, they stood equally. I mean, Ledger's performance was really, really strong. I mean, he's going to get the sympathy Oscar, I suspect. But Ledger was really good. Yeah. Why so sad? Why so serious? <laughs> oh, so serious. Yeah, that's right. I just think that the whole thing with with the way that they put the Joker together is it's not like um, it's not like the the. I don't know, the mysterious, mystical Joker that they had in, in – car- in fact, going back to cartoonish. It wasn't the cartoonish version of the Joker like uh, – what's his name in the series? Who played the Joker in the Cesar series? Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. I mean, it wasn't like that where it's this guy who's got a whole bunch of henchmen wearing like Thug 1 and Thug 2 or something. Well, that's what just... all the ba- the villain henchmen had. Whoa, you know, yeah. They all had henchmen with numbers. They were all labeled. Yeah, this is a guy who was seriously twisted. He always looked like he just came from a party wearing makeup. It's all like running. Greasy and hair. And... And... He's always making lots of like oral noises. He was always like – Well, yeah, he's got big cuts on the side of his face. Which they explained – Several times, several, several times with ways. two different stories. So, what's the truth? You know, yeah, I was kind of curious to know which one was. You real. never know what really the truth is. One of Nobody the stories knows where was he, came he cut from. himself, right? And the other one was his father cut him or whatever. And yeah, yeah, obviously a very twisted and demented man. And I suspect there's people like that in in, in real life as well. You know, I mean, the, this character of the Joker, his motivations weren't um, 
um, yeah, his to become rich and powerful. Yeah, but his motivations were were not. I mean, you know, son of Sam. I mean, hello. I mean, how much different was the son of Sam than the Joker? You know, he didn't these, have the these, dog telling him what to do. Well, no, and in and and Keith Ledger didn't carve a swastika into his forehead either. But I mean, again, you know, you have these these guys that are genuinely mentally ill. So I mean, the character of the Joker outside of the makeup isn't that unbelievable. I mean, there's there's sick, twisted people in this world who have mental illness like that. Yeah. Well, I think the best uh, trick that he performed was making the pencil disappear. Mm, Do you remember that? Uh, no, actually, I'm not. Remember I when that. all of the thugs, they're all in this meeting in some, I think it was kitchen or whatever, and he comes in and and it's the first time that he meets all of them face to face. Yeah, I remember the meeting. And then one of the, the heads of the gang was getting all upset and one of the gang, that guy's thugs, goes to approach him to attack him, and he says, I'm going to make this pencil disappear. He puts the pencil on the table, and the thug comes, and he grabs him, oh, and he yeah. slams his head on the table. And, the, right. and he goes, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that the whole thing with the, the Joker in this one was he was just plain out psychotic and unpredictable in a scary way. It wasn't like, ooh, he's going to make a little smoke bomb go off and then rob a bank. And go, <laughs> it was, you never knew if he was going to be making a joke or if he was going to be killing someone. Or And it was always like on the edge. Like, Well, and, and the interesting nerve, thing is, of course, almost. Nicholson played the Joker in the first uh, Keaton Batman film. And just when we thought there was a guy born to play a role, you know, you got Nicholson playing the Joker. And we were all thinking this guy was born to play this role. Gay cowboy comes in and kicks his ass. Gay cowboy. Right? You know? Ledger comes in. Uh, uh, yes, he was in He was in the gay cowboy film. I don't think that's actually his title. I don't think that's his name. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's the knight in, um, what was that knight's film? Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale, which I thought was pretty good, actually. It was, right. it was a pretty cool telling with uh, modern music. Come on. It had, it had Thin Lizzy being played. Well, all right. I'll give it that. Um, but yeah, here we get Heath Ledger, you know, this guy who's played what? I mean, well, okay, he was in A Knight's Tale. He was he was one of the gay cowboys along with uh, our Mel favorite. Mel Gibson's son in The Patriot. Yes, that's right. The one who got killed, right? Yep, yep. The one who got killed by the um, the British guy that he eventually uh, – Often back. Uh, yeah, yeah, Revenge. Yeah. Um, what else have we seen Ledger in? Well, he was in that Dylan film um, – where a, a variety of different actors and actresses portrayed Dylan. Yeah, I didn't about see a it, but I know what you're talking. I saw I'm not it, here. I'm not here. Yeah, I saw that at Munson. Um, you know, a very real talented guy. But here he comes in and he just blows the roof off with his performance. And again, you know, everybody thought Nicholson was born to play the role, and he was he was good. No doubt about it. You know, Nicholson played a pretty good Joker. I mean, just hearing him say, where does he get all those wonderful toys is a great line. Well, the know? thing is, Nicholson's playing of it, he he actually fit in that universe. It was like over-the-top, cartoonish kind of thing. Um, he would not have played well in the the new universe mm. because it's... Maybe. You I know, think Nicholson's a pretty talented actor, though. He doesn't have to be that guy. I think, But I think Nicholson would have had to play it more or closer to the way that uh, Heath Ledger did, where it was more realistic, you know, not wearing the purple tails everywhere. Well, I mean, you know, he's not responsible for his costumes. The other thing that was was cool about these films was that they weren't showing – Batman wasn't believed to be a good guy. Right. He starts out the first film being a, a vigilante, and then he's not Batman. He's the, the Batman, Batman, you know? And the news are reporting on him. Well, the Batman made an appearance last night and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's sort of seen as a vigilante, and there's 
there's only one cop that he has a relationship with who trusts him. All the rest of the cops are expected to arrest him on sight. Mm-hmm. And this one cop, played by our favorite villain from Air Force One, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman, um, trusts him. And yep. uh, you know, and and by the by the time the second film rolls around, he is once again he is a good guy, yep. but he has to play the role of the bad guy to fulfill certain expectations. Yeah, that society has for somebody else. Didn't like what's his name in this role. You know, the guy from uh, Aaron Brockovich. Uh, uh oh, the guy who's the lawyer, Harvey Dent, <laughs> face burned off guy. Oh, you just gave it away. Oh, sorry. Oh. You just gave it away. Yeah, but what's you the actor's it. name? Um, he was in Thank You for Smoking and uh, Aaron Brockovich and Aaron Eckhart. A- yeah, Aaron Eckhart. Um, sort of saw him as superfluous. Didn't think he think they might have been able to cast that a little better, but still, you know, a, a bit didn't make the story move forward for me at all. You know, the Joker was all you needed in that. You know, well, I I think that you could probably analyze that film forever because there are all different themes that kind of play over and over and over again you know you got the the lawyer who is trying to do the right thing always on the right side never breaking you know never crossing that line and then batman same deal he always had that line that he would never cross that is you know killing someone um well in the first film you know he even said that he's not going to cross that line he's not going to kill someone but he's not going to prevent some bad guy from dying either he's just going to like wash his hands look the other way yeah um and then you know the same thing you know he could have taken the joker out he could have prevented the deaths of all these different people so this that same theme was sort of playing and i think that that's what they were trying to do is they have this this guy who's the shining white knight versus the dark knight you know you got the lawyer who's the white knight trying to do everything and then he falls into the abyss and you got the dark knight who's constantly on the edge doing things that people are saying are illegal being the vigilante and he sort of rises above it at the end, you know. So I don't know. I think I think it was put together really well, even though the the character and maybe even the playing by Aaron Eckhart wasn't spectacular. I think it had to be there in the but film. But I'm a professional. I'll rise above it. <laughs> right. Name that film. <laughs> Spinal Tap. Yes. <laughs> and what do you got in here, a little guy? It's a complete catastrophe. Oh boy, it all comes back to Spinal. But tap. why would you keep folding it? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm I'm hoping they do a sequel again. This is the second time I've said this in the last couple of weeks. I'm hoping for another sequel. You know, I said I think that you're about get that. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I said that about Get Smart as well. So we have a couple of uh, serial film things that are actually worthwhile. I mean, we don't need another Rambo. We don't need another Rocky. We don't need another whatever Star Wars. Well, actually, I could use Episode Seven, Eight, Nine, but uh, that's just me talking here. There it's does not ever talk. need to be another just, Star Wars. In fact, talk. there didn't need to be the last. Have three you heard about out. the Star Wars TV show they're talking about for? production yeah I did. for 2010 yeah yeah it's gonna it's going to take place between episodes three and four that 20 years of when the, the luke gets dropped off but then we see him as a as a 21 year old uncle so he, owen so he's gonna be whining for 20 years yeah but i was gonna go to the tashi station and pick up some power converters you can waste friends with your time you waste time with your friends some other time uh, my favorite line though was when um c3po didn't want to go on with life his arm got cut off by the by the sand person and he goes, you know, he said something like, just leave me here, you know, leave me here, continue. And, and Luke goes, what kind of talk is that? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I remember going to the – Somebody give him testosterone. <laughs> I remember going to the, the, the theatrical re-release of, of episode 
was it four? I saw it at right? the Cannonball in Clinton when they re-released it into like '83. No, I'm talking about when they did it in the the '90s, like oh, the late the, '90s, the new with, cut, yeah, the the, new, with the new cut remastered yeah, and everything. Yeah. And that's the thing that struck me the most. We were all just cracking up. The entire theater was laughing every time Luke spoke because he was such a whiner. Yeah, he really was. I mean, again, you know, not the strongest actor, but he did okay. <laughs> very, very good in Corvette Summer. <laughs> well, so was Annie Potts. Well, there you go. She was fantastic. Well, I mean, at the end of Ghost the day, at the end of the day, who was the strongest guy in Star Wars? You know, Alec Guinness. I mean, he's one of our R2-D2. Yeah, he was good. You got to give him that, you know. Help, help! I think I'm melting. <laughs> That's my favorite C3PO line. Uh, Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> that'll, yeah. that'll never end. Don't start. Yeah, but uh, uh, something doesn't tear your arms out of your sockets when he loses. Anyway, we got another tune. Yeah, we do, and this one's uh, aptly titled. And you know what? The Mac is working. No, the Mac is still broken. Never mind. The Mac is working, but we the still, audio is we, not. we have a workaround. And, All right, and, and, and check it out. I don't know why I do it, but I do it every time. I don't know why I do it, but I do it every time.
Yeah. That was Who our did? friends from Big Green again. That's like two weeks in a row for them. Back again. That was called Do It Every Time. And, you know, we listened to a bunch of tracks from one of their CDs. We didn't listen to the second one, did we? No, we didn't. The, but not that you could hear it necessarily in that tune, but they, they have a lot of British influence. You know, some Beatles, some Pink Floyd going on and some other stuff. Kind of cool. I mean, you know, they're just a couple of local guys. They're not doing this for money. They never play out. They just like it's a creative release. They make records. If you want to buy one off their website, that's great. They put some tunes up there for download. They're political they're smart. I mean, I know them both. They're very smart guys. That's and cool. uh, one of them's in my friend list on Facebook. Wow. Yeah. How cool is that? What did it cost you to get him on your friend couple list? Of, a couple, two, three, maybe nine. A couple of, like, questions. What does that mean? Like, can I be your friend? That's right. Yeah. I, I keep getting these, like, you know, occasional friend requests. Like, you know, we have three friends in common. We should be friends. Okay. I don't know you. <laughs> You Hello? You can't be my friend. I don't know you. It's, I, it's like the the definition of friend. You have to know the person. The weird thing about friends, uh, the weird thing about Facebook in general is you can just randomly pick a name and you can view their friend list, you know, even if they're not friends of yours. But I love it when they don't have friends because if you click on it, it says – this person has no friends. And I felt bad. I actually clicked on somebody and said, you know, Bill Smith has no friends. And I went, aw. Poor Bill. Yeah, poor Bill. But uh, then again, maybe it was true. Well, yeah. Well, I, I have a feeling a lot of people log into Facebook once and check it out and, and never log in again. And that was really my intention. But, you know, it's too late now. Now I have like 90 friends and it's it's a sad, sad thing. You've gone down that slippery slope. Social networking sites. Yeah. Reminds me of that comedian I saw on Jay Leno the other night. She came out and she said, you know what? There's this really cool website. You plug in your zip code and tell them where you live and it gives you a, a list of all the sexual offenders in your neighborhood. And she goes, yeah, it's called MySpace. Right. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of – I was into maybe getting on Facebook. Uh, I was pushed into it and then I finally got on there and then I – Made a couple of friends on Facebook, and I got in touch with a lot of people that I that I hadn't been in touch with for years and years which and years. And you years, were probably okay with, which was I was I was okay with. And then you know what? I'm sort of like fading out of Facebook. It's it's difficult to keep up with it. But then everyone else around me is like, "You got to get on Facebook. You got to get on Facebook." And they're sending me stuff nonstop. And I'm like, I don't have the time and energy, dude. I, I have one thing to say. Well, Holy clockwork! There you go. See, that's relevant to the upcoming film fest. Ah, yeah. I'm not going to attend that. <laughs> yes, you are. It's being thrown. It's required. Yeah, it's it's thrown in your honor. Actually, uh, lots of wine. You know, maybe a pizza, maybe two pizzas. Well, gluten free pizzas with with the film lineup. We're going to need probably seven or eight. It's like a four day excursion. I figure a couple of pizzas and a couple of bottles of wine, and we're good. Okay. Anyway, you know what? I still don't have a movie to talk about. You know, I haven't really? seen a good one at Munson in a while. And uh, the last film I saw was um, Bucket List, that thing with uh, Nicholson yeah. and um, Driving Miss Daisy guy. Um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. who uh, From the electric company. Yes, who uh, recently in an auto accident, I guess, right? A couple yep. of months ago. Hopefully he's recovering well. I think well. he's okay. And, yeah, well, that's good because he's one of our best actors. Yeah. And, and and I will say something about the bucket list. Actually, the you know they again, die in the end. Not the strongest story because you know some of it you saw coming. It was a little predictable. 
But the chemistry that Nicholson had with Freeman was kind of like the grumpy old men, Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon vibe. And, and it was – they have something there. So I'm kind of hoping they do a film together. I don't know what – you know, certainly not a sequel to The Bucket List because they, they can unless it's in heaven. It's going to be a prequel. Yeah. So, But, I mean, you know, it would be kind of cool if they did something together because I think they have that – you know, it's like Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. You know, there's just people that should be acting together and people who shouldn't be. And there are two people that, you know, maybe should be. Yeah, well, and Morgan Freeman in Batman. Yeah, yeah, along with Michael Caine. How about him as uh, Alfred the butler? That was kind of cool. That's the thing that keeps striking me is I keep looking back at those movies and how filled with all of these big name actors. And none of them were like the lead. They were all just in. Yeah, pretty secondary roles. Yeah, Michael Caine. Of course, Michael Caine, you can't really say that he, he... would demand being the lead role because he's been in a lot of schlocky films. Well, yeah, but he's also one of the great. He's great. He's he's. I mean, who am I thinking of? Who who played the? Uh, well, speaking of Morgan Freeman, who was the British guy in Unforgiven? Um, one of the great British stage actors. Is it Jeremy Irons? Not Jeremy Irons. He played like smiling British Bob or something. Was his name? Well, you know who I mean. I know Ma- you're talking Michael about. Michael Caine is, is uh, you know, I, okay, a step below Olivier, but he's one of the great British stage actors and certainly, you know, worthy of, of a lot of respect. And yeah, yeah, so you have Michael Caine. You got Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah. You know, Schindler. Yes. Morgan, Oscar Schindler. Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Uh, in the first film, Rutger Hauer. Yes. I didn't even realize that was him. And it's like freaking Rutger Hauer. It's the yeah. replicant. Our favorite <laughs> replicant. Roy Batty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite replicant. Anyway. My, my favorite my replicant favorite. was the woman who wraps her legs Darryl around Hannah. your neck and tries to kill you that way. But what a way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else was in there? Uh, Tom Cruise's Mrs. wife. Not, Mrs. Cruise. Not so cool, but, you know, hoping she dies in the first film but doesn't. You know, kind of a bummer. But Yeah. And then, you know, in this, and Gary Oldman. Yeah. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, so these films are just absolutely peppered with big actors. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, Gary Oldman does a pretty decent job of uh, an American accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does Michael Caine. But Actually, not in Michael this Caine. Film. Michael Caine changed his accent. He went to the Cockney sort of right. British accent, which isn't really his accent. And I wondered why they did that. I thought they would go for more of the gentleman's gentleman. You know, um, you know. Uh, no, he was he was like the the guy from the streets who was the the butler. You know, he knew his way around. I think that's what they were kind of implying. Yeah, but Alfred, you know, certainly from the original. I don't know. Was there an Alfred in the movies? The the Michael Keaton. Oh yeah. And, I don't, who played Alfred? I'm, I have no idea. Yeah, it's a forgettable I, role. Yeah, but was. the Alfred in the TV series not not forgettable. I mean, he was he's somebody right. we remember. He was very cool. He would even jump in the Batmobile and bring it around if they needed. He once dressed as Batman. I remember do you remember that. the episode where we learned that Alfred and he was had a the great? Glasses, I think. Do, you, do you remember the episode where we learned that Alfred was a great archer? I did not remember that. Yeah, and there was a villain called the Archer, Art Carney, mm-hmm. and they faced off in a little archery duel. You know, and, and Alfred, you know, kicked a little butt. Who knew? Who knew Alfred could rock it with the bow and arrow, man? <laughs> well, yeah. You know what else he could rock it with? I don't know. I, oh. We're going to have to find out another time. That's right. Same bet time. Tune in again next week. Will Alfred get out of this pickle? You know what was cool about the original Batman series, and I think I mentioned this, was that they used to show them on consecutive nights. You know how they'd always have the cliffhanger? They would show part one on Monday and part two on Tuesday, which was the first time in television history anything had been like that. Really? Anyway. I did not know that. Yeah. Rich Wilgus. And you are Rich Wilgus. That's me. Oh, and I'm John Tellerico. The Butterbean. 
And uh, you've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Please send your checks or money orders to feedback at bloodyveg.com. Yeah, don't forget to give us some iTunes reviews and send cash. We have a donate button. <laughs> anyway. Or you could just email it to us. You've been listening. Email all of your cash. To the VIB. 